Hey, thanks so much for joining us on our channel today. We wanna to encourage you to subscribe and like today's video. Also, today's word is brought to you by our Truth Partners. These are people who want to financially invest to help us get this message of truth to around the nation and around the world. You can become a Truth Partner today by simply going to creativechurch.com slash give. Again, thank you for partnering with us on this message of truth, and thank you for liking and subscribing to today's video. God bless you. I pray this sermon blesses your life. Just before we kind of really jump into this five weeks of, of marriage, uh, let me just say, Pastor Joanne and I by no means are perfect. Uh, we don't no. have this like perfect marriage and everything's perfect in our world and you know you should be more like her and you should be more like him that's no. not don't compare your marriage to anybody's we are real people we're real people and i would say the only people you need to compare yourself to was who you were last year that's right are, are you healthier this year are you better this year are you serving god more this year are you more in love come on amen don't compare your marriage to what people post on instagram because they post tuesday night date night they don't post friday night fight night <laughs> Okay, so let's not let's not posting. compare it. Well, okay, all right, <laughs> whatever you want to do, I'm you know I just work here, but um, <laughs> but but that's the that's the heart, that's the thought. So you know don't 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 beat each other up. This we're not teaching this to start arguments. Okay, we're 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 teaching this and sharing what we've learned. Uh, and what we've studied, what's been invested in us from our pastors and other uh, great marriages that we've been around. And I want to encourage you, get around great marriages. Uh, get around people that you go, man, I love how your marriage is. I love how you engage. I love how you guys compliment each other and love each other. We've well, been married 35 years, 40-something years. Wow, that's amazing. Take those people out to dinner. Sometimes just leave your friends that are the same age. You know, leave them behind yes. and go out to dinner with some older couples. Come on, amen. If you hung around multimillionaires all day, do you think the odds of you being a multimillionaire go up or go down? If you hung around people who had great marriages, do you think the odds of your marriage getting better go up or go down? If you hung around, uh, you know, broke, busted, disgusted people all day, do you think the odds of you being like that go up? Or, you understand what I'm saying? So get around people that you go, man, we really want them to, to rub off on us, we want, we want to learn what they've learned. And sometimes it's not, it's not even just the biblical, it's the practical That's right. that, 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 you, that you can glean from. We had one couple that we admire, they used to fight over the pillows at night. They were like, <laughs> no, that's my pillow, no, that's, so they got different, so the wife got different colored pillowcases so that you could see at night, so they could stop the fighting. And I'm like, that's brilliant, that's a great idea. It's not in the word of God, but you can live, you'll make it. <laughs> Right, and so uh, just sometimes it's not always the, the it's not just the Bible, but but sometimes those practical tips can also be really helpful. And I want to encourage you attend all of these, make the investment into your marriage. How many people can get? I can get amen about that. Make the investment into your marriage. You yes. need this. This is this is for you. This is important. And if you're not married, it's good for you to learn. Yeah, we're gonna hit that today marriage. too. Yeah. How many people right now, if you could go back just five years knowing what you know now? Come on, all married people. If you could go back, just knowing what you know now, just five years, how much better you could do it. So let's get this, all of our single people, let's get this today too. And so this will be a, a big win. We've got uh, Ron and Hope Carpenter, Montel and Kristen Jordan are gonna be here. He's at the Super Bowl today. Um, we've got um, uh, Joe and Kayla Dobbins. So great lineup of yes. amazing communicators. Some of the best in the world are gonna be here to speak into your marriage. So... Uh, we've been married now 18 years, and we got a picture of our wedding day. Put, there she is. 
This panel, it's like a sword that we got to cut that cake. It's quite a thing. Oh, if I could go back and talk to those two, huh? And, uh, but what an amazing, what an amazing day that we had. And so I always tell people when we, when we talk to them or we're, you know, they're having some rough patches, I said, bring pictures of your wedding day, bring pictures. And I'm like, is this you guys? Look how happy you look here. You, you remember you chose each other. Come on, can I get an amen about that? And what God has joined together, let no man tear asunder. You know, everybody has that ability to fall in love. You know, it's been said if you have a pulse, you have the ability to fall into love or the opportunity to fall in love. And there's thousands of matchmaking companies that are out there. And it's never been easier with all the apps and everything to fall in love. But it's, it's been said it's never been harder to stay in love. Hey, I just want to take a moment and let you know that today's sermon is brought to you by our Truth Partners. If you're interested in being a Truth Partner, simply go to creativechurch.com slash give and select Truth Partners today. Again, please subscribe and like today's video. It's blessing you. It's blessing your family. And hey, let's get back to the word. And so it's not just about falling in love, it's about staying in love. It's not about just getting in a relationship, it's about keeping the relationship. And one of the questions that I think our culture is asking today is, is it even possible to not just fall in love, but is it even possible to stay in love? We have young people going, I don't even want to get married because my parents were divorced, grandparents were divorced, this one was divorced, sister was divorced, so I'm not even going to do that. And let me just address divorce for just a moment too. Um, and you're like, what is your church's stance on divorce? I want you to know really, really quick. It's, we agree with the Bible when God says, he hates divorce. And if anybody in here has, and, and most of us have been affected by it, whether it, either you've been through divorce or you have a family member who's been through divorce or a child or, or, or someone in your family, you would agree with God to go, I hate it. I just hate everything about it. I don't like anything about it. It was an awful situation. That's what God is saying. He's like, I hate it, but he doesn't hate you. Can I get an amen about that? God does not hate you. And there is life after divorce. Can I get an amen about that? Praise the Lord. And so uh, I, ju- I just want you to know that. And, and, and this church is huge on grace and healing. And we want you to restore and believe God to restore everything that the enemy has stolen. Praise right. the Lord. Right. And so is it even possible to, to, to fall in love and, and to stay in love? And I don't know that I could convince anybody in here that you couldn't fall in love with this, this person or this right person. Everybody kind of believes that, and it's really impossible to convince somebody that that's, that other than that, they're, they're pretty much sold on that. But if you're taking notes, write this down. Falling in love requires a pulse, but staying in love requires a plan. Falling in love requires a pulse, but staying in love requires a plan, and the plan always wins. And the truth is, for many of us, we fell in love right away, and we thought that just those emotions and those feelings were going to keep it going. And stay forever. And stay forever, and it didn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. (laughs) Because anybody can look good in a window. You know, you only had to look good on Friday night from this time to this time. Anybody can look. I remember the first time she came out on our first day, she came out, she opened the door, she had this little purse, little tiny... Now she's got bags and diaper bags, all this stuff. Little tiny she, purse, little heels, little skirt came out. Wind was blowing behind her hair. Doves like were flying day? out. And it was just like, 
She didn't even eat. She didn't even eat. Eat something. No, I, just, I get calories from the air. The air nourishes me. <laughs> Not true. And it was just like, I had already totally, eaten. Because dating advertises a product that marriage does not deliver. Can I get an amen about that? It does not deliver. When you date somebody, you don't even meet them. You meet, you meet their ambassador. You meet, this is their, this is their agent. And they're trying to get them signed. All right, this is their agent. And they are telling you, oh, this person would be great. Oh, this would be wonderful. You don't meet that person until after you marry them. And see, I fell in love with my girlfriend. I fell in love with my girlfriend. I didn't, I didn't even, and, and, and I married her. And somewhere on that wedding night, wife Joanne killed girlfriend Joanne. And I have not seen her in 18 years. And then when we had kids, mom Joanne killed wife Joanne. And so that's why I go around all the kids now. She would say vice versa. Yes, I, I go around all the kids now going, where's your mother? Where's your mother? Where's your mother? But I didn't fall in love with your mother. I fell in love with my girlfriend. And the reality is, is she's still in there. And her boyfriend is still in here. And at times, you got to pull them out. Can I get yes. an amen about that? you got to pull them out. You have to make a plan to pull them you out. you got to make a plan to pull them out, and they're in there, and you got to have that kindling. You know, when, like, when you first get in a relationship, there's kindling. You know kindling. you got to work and get all this stuff together, and you light it. It's gone. And you got to do it again. It's gone. And you just get tired of that. Now you're like, I'll just cut this oak tree down and throw that on there. That'll, <laughs> that's a 30-year tree right there. You know, let that burn. No, you got to bring the fire back. Can I get an amen? You got to bring the kindling back. Let's just say, like, when we were dating, Valentine's Day was a big deal. Valentine's Day was a big up. deal. 18 years later, it me. should be a big deal still. It's a big deal. <laughs> and now I got all these Valentines. <laughs> these four daughters want to be Valentines too. Oh, yeah. Everybody's they do. a Valentine. <laughs> Praise God. Joanne will go into the jewelry store and put it, do you want me to have it? How do you answer that question? <laughs> So falling in love requires a pulse. Staying in love is going to require a plan. And Jesus talks about this. If you're taking notes, scripture, write this down. Jesus mentions in John 13, 34, he says, love one another as I have loved you. That's how you're to love each other. Don't, don't love her the way your mother loved your dad. Not that it was bad. Don't love her the way grandmom and granddaddy did or the way the world does it. Yes. You are to love each other as I have loved you. And how many of us, all of us, right, have experienced the unconditional agape love of God? Can I get an amen? amen. We've experienced it, the unconditional agape love of God. And he says that's how you are to love each other. And then Philippians 2 and 3, why don't you read that one? Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourself. More significant than I am to consider my spouse to be more important more significant than myself. And that really dives us into the difference between desire versus expectation. You want to talk about that? Yeah, it's so important because I feel like before you get married, you have all these desires of what you want in a spouse, right? For me, it was I wanted to stay home with the kids when, when we decided to have children. And that was a desire of mine. Uh, I had many more, obviously, of what I wanted in many, a husband. Many, 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 many. <laughs> Stop it. Many, 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 many. And then once we got married, putting those desires, I, then I, I ended up putting those desires in an expectation, like pot, box. Whatever. 
And, and then he couldn't meet those expectations because he didn't know that I had those expectations of him. So we get, into, we, we, we get to a place in our relationship that we have these desires that immediately turn into expectations as soon as, you know, you put the ring on it. And then you feel like your spouse owes you something because he's not meeting those expectations. When in reality, he doesn't owe you anything. That was you. You have those desires. So then you're going into the marriage being very selfish because it's all about me. Mm-hmm. And then you try to impose your feelings on your spouse. And if they, don't, if they don't meet them or they change to fulfill you, then you're happy, but they're not. Because they're changing themselves to become, to make you happy, to do everything that you desire because you have such high expectations. I love what you said that we don't always communicate those expectations. For us, it's like, um, or for me, rather, we go out of town, you know, we're leaving the eight kids behind, all the minions are thinking, I'm thinking, we're going to have amazing time together, we're going to have great <laughs> sex, we're going to have all this awesome stuff. She's, she starts packing, and I'm thinking, why aren't you things? packing lingerie? I start pulling out lingerie and everything. She's packing blankets and pillows, and, <laughs> and I'm like, what are you doing? And I'm thinking, we're going to have all this great time together. She's thinking, I'm going to get to sleep. I'm not, nobody's going to bother me. And now we get out there. We're out there. We go back, maybe visit the Bahamas or something where my family's on the oceans out there. It's all beautiful. And she's asleep. I'm thinking, if you just going to sleep, we could have slept at the house. You could have, she's like, I can't sleep at the house, right? So I'm hot mad. Now, in my mind, I have taken her to court. Mm-hmm. I have run her through the jury, and we have found her guilty, and we have sentenced her. And this is all in my head. And the, the worst part is I haven't even communicated my expectations. So I wake up to attitude. So she wakes up to attitude. I'm like livid. I'm upset because I have a box of like desires that I have moved into expectations. And I think that's the biggest thing. If you're taking notes, write down this question. What does, Do you think what does spouse? my spouse owe me? What does my spouse owe me? What does your husband owe you? What does your wife owe you? Let me answer the question for you. Nothing. That's what they owe you. They owe you nothing. And the reason we move from being in a sense of awe and love to being frustrated at each other Mm -hmm. is we have moved our desires into a box of expectations. Well, you're just supposed to work hard. You're supposed to provide this great house. I'm not supposed to thank you for it. Yeah, you, that's what you're supposed to do. You're the man of this house. I don't, I, I don't thank you for the house. I don't thank you for paying the bill. I don't thank you for anything because this is, that's the, this, is, this is my expectation. This is your job. This is your job. Yeah, you're supposed to take care of the kids. You're supposed to help with the laundry and help them clean the house. What, I'm home? There's no dinner? What's going on? Because it's an expectation. And now all that I used to be thankful for, all that I used to be blessed for and brag on you for is gone because I have moved everything you do 
and all the hours that you put into this marriage, I have moved them into the box of expectations. Yep. Am I helping anybody in here? Am I helping anybody here? And it, it used to be, you see, but the Bible tells us, Jesus tells, he says, treat her or him as if they are more important than you. Now, has anybody ever been around somebody? Have you ever been in a room where somebody else in the room is more important than you? <laughs> okay, some of you. How many of you have ever been to a wedding? Raise your hand if you've been to a wedding. Okay. Then you have been in a room where somebody was more important than you. That's why when you walked in the room, nobody stood. <laughs> but when she walked in the room, everybody stood up. And when you're in a room with somebody more important than you or somebody who's famous or something like that, you know what you don't do? You don't correct them. You don't, oh, that's not, the way you said that's not right. Let me tell you the way that that's supposed to, let, let me, you don't do that. Can you imagine like, hey, we're here with Michael. For me, if you were like, who would you go nuts to? I'd be like, Michael Jordan. I'd probably scream like a three-year-old girl if I saw Michael Jordan, right? It's like, so I'm like, okay, I'm over here. I'm, uh, Michael, that's not right. Let me tell you how that story goes. You don't, you don't do that. Can you imagine? People are like, what is wrong with you? You don't. If you're in a room with somebody who you are considering more valuable and more important than you, you don't correct them. You don't belittle them. You don't try to make sure you're right and change everything. You defer to them. What do they, where do they want to go? What do you want to do? What, 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 what? It's, it's, it's about you. I'm, not, I'm deferring to you. And the Bible says that we are to treat each other like that. Yes. Oh, it's quiet in here. Right? And so we're to treat each other like that. Do nothing out of selfish ambition. It's not about me. It's not about me. It's, it's, I'm not doing it out of conceit. It's not, I'm doing it with humility. And humility makes me count you as if you are more important than me. So when I operate with you owe me, now we move into a debt-debtor relationship. A debt-debtor relationship. And it's like... Um, What's one, of the, the, what's one of the companies that we all use in here for like light or electric or? Excel. Excel, okay, Excel Energy. So Excel Energy, Excel Energy does not call you and say, hey, I just want to call you. We just want to come by your house to say, you're awesome at paying your bills. <laughs> Thank you for being a great customer. Here's some flowers. You will not hear from Excel Energy unless you don't meet the expectation. Then they will personally call you, not a machine. If you call them, you're going to get a machine. But if you don't meet the expectation, they are going to personally call you and talk to you, send you stuff in the mail, they're going to get a hold of you because now they're vocal because you did not meet the expectation. The problem is a lot of us are doing marriage like that. That you don't get a thank you. You don't get anything. You're silent until your spouse doesn't meet the expectation. Oh, my God. And the minute they don't meet the expectation, hey, 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 what's going on over here? Hey, you're, I'm, I'm going to be vocal about this. Hey, we need to get that. But, and now all, all of a sudden we're super vocal because we have moved all that you do into my box of expectations and I think you owe me. That's right. And if you don't pay your bills, I'm cutting the lights off. Mm -hmm. 
And a lot of the lights have been cut off in romance, yes. in trust, in communication. Am I, am I boring you? I don't, in communication, because you didn't pay the bill. And I'm not going to be the dumb one in this relationship. I'm not going to keep providing something you ain't paying for because now you owe me and I owe you. And, and what caused us to come together was the, was the being humble, being selfless, and, and now there's no margin for unconditional love. No margin for unconditional love. And um, now we're in this, if you will, then I will. Yeah. Well, if you don't, then I won't. Right. And we start going down the crazy cycle. Has anybody been down the crazy cycle before? Come on. Y'all just as phony as you can be. <laughs> is, is there anybody in here that can admit that you have been down the crazy cycle? And, huh? Well, you ain't the only one that's crazy, bless God. I can, you understand what I'm saying? So... Because I can get crazy too. I can be crazy for free. <laughs> Woo, God. I remember we had gone down the crazy cycle before. Jo Joanne's got the best. We go down the crazy cycle, she'd be like, and, and she would just stop. My wife, my wife could pull us out of the crazy cycle okay. in a minute. She, Thank you. Well, one of the ways she, she, she we, we'd be going down the crazy the cycle and she would be like, okay, Pastor. <laughs> Remember what you well, preached on well, Sunday. Well, bless the Lord now. <laughs> and what happens is you stop, you, you, start, you start pulling out of intimacy, you start pulling out of trust. One of the things that Paul tells us about love in 1 Corinthians 13, he says he's, love always trusts. It always, always protects, always trusts. I trust you. And, and I can trust you. Even when I don't see you do it, I trust you. It always trusts. And, and what happens is you start pulling out of the intimacy. You start pulling it out. And I'm not going to do this, so you're not going to do that. And then I'm not going to, and I'm not going to. And you start pulling out. And then you get to the out. point where it's, I don't need you. Yeah, and I don't need you. And I you start disconnecting. You start giving each yeah. other the silent treatment. You start isolating each other. You start putting the walls up of bitterness. Mm -hmm. And the problem is once we start getting into that, a lot of times we don't know how to get back. A lot of times, especially for men, when we go into silence, we go into silent treatment or we disconnect. It's not that we don't want to come back. We don't always know how to come back. And, and, and sometimes one of you has to break that. One of you has to say, you know what? This ends. I'm done with this. Let's bring humility, about, humility back to this. Let, let's bring love back to this. Let's, let's, let me realize that you don't owe me everything you do, and, and you've got to do that. I've had to do that for Joanne. Joanne's done that for me. I remember there was a time we were not talking. You know, intimacy had gone out the window, and I remember we got an, up, we got an argument, and she left the house, and I was sitting in the room, and I was upset, and she came back in the house about 10 minutes later. She came back in the house, came in the room, shut the door, and she loved <laughs> okay. on me and touched me okay. and laid hands on. She, she healed <laughs> our marriage that day. She healed it by laying hands. I was I was just That's touched. enough. I was okay. like the blind okay. man. Okay. I don't know anything about it. All I know is I once was blind, but now I can see. And and oh, and just one Lord. touch. Okay, babe. Let's go back to our notes. Healed the whole thing. I don't know what we're talking about. Yes. What, what, you know, one thing I can say is when you're in that cycle, you like to, um, especially us as women, us as wives, we like to 
continuously tell our spouse what they need to be doing that they haven't done yet or what they need to change that they haven't changed yet. Um, and there are, there's scripture about nagging wives. Um, you should read those. But what, should, what you should do, though, is go to the Lord because God is the only person, the Holy Spirit is the only person that can change your spouse. Nothing that you do, say, actions, um, to, you know, take away actions, nothing that you do can change your spouse. Only the Lord can change them. And let God speak to him. Come on. Praise the Lord. Because God is the only one that can change him. And not to lose that sense of awe. I think when you're around people that you're not familiar with or people that you consider more important, there's that sense of awe. And I think when you consider your spouse more important than you, you bring that sense of awe back into your marriage. That's right. And you move it from being a noun to being a verb, which is an action. And you just refuse to quit. I mean, it's just, it's just in, our, in our society, people, they just give up. They just quit. And if I do and don't like it, then I don't. Mm-hmm. And we just have to lean on the word of God because you're going to need, you're going to need the Holy Spirit. Listen, there are so many dating platforms out there now, and people spend billions of dollars on it, and, and hundreds and hundreds and millions of people are on these dating platforms, and I'm not against them. You meet people where you meet them. I'm not saying not to be on it, but here's what I want to say, is that dating platforms advertise this notion of we have an algorithm, and we have a strategy to help you meet the person that is 100% compatible for you. They sell this. And they say things like, where you're, they're not going to try to change you, and, and you're not going to have to change them because you, you, are, you found the perfect person, and you are completely compatible, and there will be no friction because both of you are exactly fit one for another. And it is the biggest lie being pushed on our society. And all of these young people are looking for this perfect person. Let me tell you something. All of us married the wrong person. You know why? Because all of us brought baggage and difficulties and challenges and, 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 and issues into the marriage. Like luggage. Well, I never had a father. I never had a mother. I, I've been married. This, I did that. I've, I've been 30 relationships. I did all, you brought all of that with you. I know some of you can't say amen because you told Mr. Mrs. and Mr. that they're perfect <laughs> and you don't want to blow your cover. But the reality is, <laughs> wink at me. Act like something's in your eye and wink at me. But, but the re, but reality is, we all <laughs> married somebody with issues and we brought issues into it. And just like two pieces of metal, like in your car, like in an engine, and there's work to do, and we've got, we've got to move, we've got to grind, we've got to be able to make this happen, it will not work without oil. It will not move without the oil of the Holy Spirit. That's right. Without the anointing oil on your marriage. Your car will not move without oil, and your marriage will not move without the oil of the Holy Spirit. You need the anointing oil of the Holy Spirit because what what all these online platforms are promising you is a frictionless marriage. And we will help you find somebody so compatible, you don't need God, you you don't need anointing, you don't need the oil, all you need is compatible. No, you need the anointing oil. You need the oil of the Holy Spirit because marriages work. And the problem is a lot of you have pulled the anointing oil out of your marriage and your marriage has seized up. Yeah. 
Yes. It's locked up and you can't move and you can't progress because you're not going to progress because life is friction. And then let's throw some kids in there. Let's throw crisis and challenges and sickness and all the other things that life throws your way and think that it's just going to happen without, you need the anointing of the Holy Spirit. You've got to bring God into your home and into your marriage and refuse to quit. That's right. Be committed to each other. 100%. I have to be committed to Jonathan. He needs to be committed to me. And in our commitment to each other, our marriage will succeed. Yes. And, And no matter what season or stage of life you're in, Men, your wife is always your standard of beauty. When, when she was in her early 20s, I was attracted to a 20-something-year-old, okay? And, and no matter what age, no matter what stage, if, you're, if your spouse is tall, you're into tall. If they're short, you're into short. If they're skinny, you're into skinny. If they put on weight, you're into formerly skinny. <laughs> but whatever season of life they're in, That's what you're into. Come on, can I get an amen about that? Like that has to be your standard by by which you navigate, by which you do life, by which you do marriage. And and you have to tell her, Pastor Ivan, one of our pastors tells us, women need to be hugged and told that you love them and that they're beautiful in order for them to actually feel confident 17 times a day. He, he told me that. I was like, one seven? Like 17? <laughs> He's like, yeah, 17 times. Because of how much insecurity they struggle with and how much mm-hmm. they've, like some of us let our wife go months before we actually hug them, look them in the eye and tell them, you are my standard of beauty. I love you. Kiss them, hold them, and tell them, and they need to be told over and over and over and over and over and over again. And one of you ladies should make me a peach cobbler for that comment right there. (laughs) But you have to refuse to give up. Just refuse to give up. I had him bring out this little can of, how many of you know what this is? W. I don't want to call it W, it should be double V. They didn't ask my opinion, but nonetheless. WD40, the WD stands for water displacement. And the 40 stands for the number of tries it took to get it right. And every time, the reason he called it this and put that on the label, the inventor, is because he wanted you to know every time you pick this can up that I refused to quit. That's right. I didn't give up on the third time. I didn't give up on the 20th try. You know, around the 20th, 25th, 30th try, people had to be like, dude, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. Come on, man. We're going to the game. We got things to do. Maybe even his own spouse was like, what are you fooling with that stuff for? Why why do you keep pushing? This thing could have been called WD 372. It didn't matter what the number was. What he was committed to was this is going to work. This is going to happen. And as just as committed as he was to inventing this product, you need to be committed to your marriage. That's right. Yes, we've fallen down. The Bible says a righteous man falls down seven times, but what? He rises again. It's not a matter of how many times we fall. It's a matter of how many times we get back up again. Amen. And we are committed to this marriage. I told her, if she leaves, I'm going with her. One, I couldn't, I couldn't afford the child support if you left me. All these kids. That's why you gave me a Trapped. I cannot emphasize the value of laughing in a marriage. 
We laugh <laughs> all do. the time. You gotta laugh. laugh. You have to laugh, you know? And 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 just be just just be honest with your spouse. Just be completely honest with your spouse. We used to get in the crazy cycle and argue and fight and well you do this. Now now I just we're just honest. She'll say, How come you leave this much milk left in the milk container? Why would you do that? I used to say, Well you leave but now I just go, I don't know. I think I think if I leave a little bit, I don't feel as bad about myself. And <laughs> It's somebody else's problem. <laughs> and I think it makes me feel a little, a little less <laughs> like I've drinked it all. If I leave just a little bit, I have a problem. I need you to pray for me. <laughs> she would say, why can't you change the toilet paper holder on the toilet paper? You, my God, you are 44 years old. <laughs> How old do you have to be? <laughs> To be able to change, why can't you do it? I don't know. I think, I think, I'm too lazy to get up and go all the way and get the toilet paper and come back. And so if I leave just one little square, it's somebody else's problem, and I don't have to do it. I have a problem. I need you to pray for me. And what used to lead us down all these arguments, you know, doesn't lead us down these arguments anymore because you just learn to just be honest. And laugh. And laugh and get through with it and, and get, get, get through it, mm-hmm. you know, without it going through you, mm-hmm. right? And learning the unconditional love would cause you to want to go make sure I have toilet paper in the bathroom. That would be the unconditional love. <laughs> Especially if I thought you were more important than me exactly. getting ready to use the bathroom. <laughs> Because you don't want people that you think are more important seeing your bathroom like that or smelling. My God, something died in here. <laughs> what is happening? You don't want that. And when it comes to our single people, I want to encourage you to be more selective. I want to I encourage you uh, to really go to God and say, God, show me in a vision and a dream. You've heard me say it many times. God's first language is not English. God's first language is visions and dreams. And so God, show me in a vision or a dream the person that you have for me so I don't have to just date all these random people mm-hmm. trying to find this person because show me the vision, show me the plan that you have for my life so that when I meet them, I'll know I saw you. God showed you to me. That's right. God showed me, oh, you were gonna be doing this, you were gonna be doing that because I've been seeking the heart of God on this. You don't get married because, I told somebody the other day, don't get married when you're lonely. Get married when you're ready. And so you're preparing yourself for marriage. Well, I'm just getting married because I'm sexually frustrated. Don't get married because you're sexually frustrated. Let me let you in a little secret. You're going to be married and be sexually frustrated. Yep. All y'all left me out there by myself, but I'm saying it anyway. Bunch of hypocrites. But, but it's the truth. You don't, that's not a reason to get married. And so, you know, you do not want to get into a dating relationship until you are ready for marriage. And, and parents are the worst at pushing this stuff on their kids. And I know society is big on pushing it and, you know, you know, just whatever you want to be and do whatever you want and whatever. And it's, it's like, no, don't let them get into a dating relationship until they're ready for marriage. Because when passion has no place to go, it perverts. And love is manifested in giving. For God so loved that he... And if I cannot give you a ring and give you a date... <laughs> 
and give you uh, on the calendar to get married and give you a home. I'll give you all I have, which is my body. That's right. Because teenagers are, I love all our teenagers, but they're homeless people mm-hmm. living in our house. And I'm not letting them get in a dating relationship until they have something to give. That's right. When a young man comes to your house and wants to date your daughter, I need you to write a three-page essay explaining to me why she'd be better off with you than me. What do you have to give other than seed? Tell me what you have to give. And your daughters are fertile soil. You have to be careful who you let plant seeds in their life. And, and raise the value and say, no, I'm not getting into a dating relationship. No, we're not just going to do that. Where's my cross? Can you guys bring my cross out for me? So we get, uh, I had them bring this uh, cross here today. And thank you so much. You know, the cross is what we need to write on the hearts of our children. You know, Jesus tells us, he says, pick up your cross and follow me. Pick up your cross and follow me. This is important that our children in Romans 1.16 are not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's one of the reasons we started the academy. One of the reasons we've, we've done all that we've done as parents is because we want our kids to not be ashamed of their faith. That's one of the reasons I love having uh, Tanner Morgan come out here because you can be the quarterback in a, in a Big Ten college football uh, uh, university and still be a Christian. Can I get an amen about that and not be ashamed of your faith and carry the cross. And when you let your teenagers get into dating relationships, not just teenagers, but even young adults, you get into dating relationships. And what happens is some of us don't carry this cross throughout the week. We're Sunday saints and Monday ain'ts, you know, and sometimes it's hard for people to eat your, your parents to even speak to you about it or talk to you about it. Um, because once you've, it's hard to hear what God is saying once you've determined what you want him to say. Okay, and really saying, okay, God's gonna speak to me and, I'm, and he's not gonna speak to me some TikTok reel or something like that. Let's just determine how God's gonna talk to me. He's gonna talk to me through his word. He's gonna talk to me through my parents. He's gonna talk to me through my pastors. He's gonna talk to me through visions and dreams. Yes. He's, like God has a lot of great ways that he uses to speak to you. It's, it's probably not some, some crazy little thing or something. Like, so let's just decide, like, this is how God speaks to me. So that when other voices and other people want to come in, I'll know how to discern if it's God speaking to me. Can I get a big amen about that? And if you don't carry the cross, then what happens is we end up in trouble. And what we've got to do as parents and all of us is we've got to put this cross. There's a lot of things you can't do when you carry the cross. Because this is truth. And a lot of us don't do that. So now, you know, I get in a dating relationship and, you know, now that I like you and you like me and now that I love you and you love me, but I can't, you know, give you the ring and give you uh, the date on the counter, give you the wedding, so I'm gonna give you all I have. So I get my, my dad's Tesla, you know, and we're going out and uh, I got it parked somewhere. It shouldn't be parked. Drop my beat for me. And, um, and so I get out here and I'm like, hey girl, let's get hot pink in the back seat. And I'm trying to get in the back seat. And the only problem is. When I try to get in the back seat, I can't get in because this cross won't let me get in. See, it's the cross. 
It's the cross that keeps you from getting into situations that you shouldn't be in. The cross will keep you out of challenge. Some of y'all are like, that's what we should have had was that cross. <laughs> and the other thing about this cross is you get in a relationship. See, because guys' hands, guys have wandering hands. And girls now. Yes, they do. And the cross is perfectly designed to keep you from touching anything you should be touching. From touching anything you shouldn't be touching before you're married. You gotta get the cross. It's so important. Come on, give the Lord a praise. You can come take this for me, Cortez. Thank you so much. And, you know, bringing, bringing those, you can come play something for me, we're out of time, but bringing your pastors, parents, your mentors, those coaches, those people in your life that you trust and say, look, I'm not getting in a relationship, you know, I, I need without, until I'm ready, I need you to look at this. See, a man, anytime a man's up to no good, a man will always try to pull you away from your family. He'll try to pull you away from your church. He'll try to pull you away from your friends because a man can only fool one woman. Can't fool two That's or right. three or four. So he has to pull you away from everybody because he can fool you. And that's why you need people in your life. Like if this was a picture and I was gonna hang it, I would go back and I, what would I ask you guys? Is it straight? And why would I ask you if it's straight? Because I'm too close. I'm too close. See, when you're in a relationship, you're too close to see if it's straight. That's why, is it straight? Is it straight? Really? It looks straight to me, you know? And then if you sleep with that person before you get married, now you're like this. You're like, this is perfect. This is exactly what I've been praying for. And your mom is like, baby, it's upside down. You just don't want me to be happy. You're, you're trying to control my life. Nobody's trying to control your life. We're trying to save your life. We're trying to save your life. And we're just, we're just further back. And, and I, I, I'm telling you, it's crooked. Well, and marriage is such, it's probably one of the biggest decisions that you will make in your life. Yes. It's who you're going to marry. Why not take the time and find out what God wants for you in doing that? And say, inst instead of being so focused on what your feelings are and your desires and you're lonely, you don't need to be lonely. God can fill that void in you. That's right. If you, if you are really seeking him when you're a young adult, 17, 18, 19, God fills you with confidence, you will make a good decision on who you marry. You have to, you have to go to God for that. Yeah, only God can give you that peace, you know? And again, there's no perfect person. Obviously, you don't want to be unequally yoked or go for somebody that doesn't have the same father that you have. But the reality is, is you need the Holy Spirit. That's right. Because a lot of us are like, well, this is great information. I wish I'd heard that 30 years ago. Well, I wish you would have too. The, the challenge is, you know, we can still win with the Holy Spirit. We can still win with the anointing oil. We can still make it. And, you know, honestly, listen to me, young people, single people, social media. Social media will have you thinking you're late when in all reality you're on time. You're right on time. And get rid of the comparison game. Get rid of looking at this and this and this and you know, I'd rather do it once and do it right. I'd rather wait on God. I'd rather wait on his timing. That's right. I'd rather wait and marry, you know, the person 
uh, that God had, then step in for God like a substitute teacher because he's not doing what I want him to do when I want him to do it, when I want him to do it. And just learn to trust his timing. How many of you can learn to trust his timing? Trust his timing. Get around couples. Get around couples. Take them to dinner. Say, hey, can we just take you guys out? You've been married 40 years. Can we just, can we just sit down with you and just listen and learn? You know, how did you do that? But the couples that we know, that we've done life with, that are older than us. They live this. They live this. They, they prefer one another. One, one of the couples in our church that we love so much, they, uh, um, his wife, she, she, I picked up on it when we were at dinner. And he would, he would be saying something and maybe the dates weren't right or exactly how he was telling the story wasn't right. And instead of her saying, that's not right, that's not how, she would say, is it? Is that how it was? I thought, I thought it was like this, maybe I'm wrong. And he'd say, oh no, that's right, that's how it went. And, she, and, she, and I thought, what a beautiful way. Because she, she didn't want him to you know, tell the story wrong or somebody think you know, the story was wrong. But it was such a beautiful, honoring way. And I just thought, you know, that's, that's what we want. We've got to get around those people who, who like, man, you've been successful at this. Teach us, coach us, let us learn from you. Take them to dinner. Leave those friends that are your age behind. They don't know any more than you. And go get some investment around people who are further than you. Yes. And just get the oil in your own, the anointing oil. Refuse to quit. Come on, amen? amen. Refuse to quit. Refuse to give up. It's not an option. We're going to make it. I'm not starting over. That'd be a disaster. <laughs> not starting over. We're going to make it. That's right. And, and we're going to see God. God bless our home and bless our marriage. I want to encourage you to be a part of all the next four weeks. Just let the Holy Ghost speak into your home, speak into your marriage. Don't wing it. Don't wing marriage. This can do more for you than a thousand hours of counseling. And let the Holy Spirit be in your home. You get something out of this today? Come on, give God a big praise. Hey, if this sermon blessed you and your family, I wanna encourage you to be a truth partner. You can do that by simply going to creativechurch.com slash give and partnering with us to help get this message of truth out to more people in our nation and around the world. It is our truth partners that make this a reality. Again, thank you for subscribing to our channel. Thank you for liking today's video. We'll see you back here on the channel real soon.